0: podcast number 18 is well underway here and uh the first 30 minutes or so of this podcast is all brand new music from records that we have coming out it's very exciting i'm gonna start it off with the r.i.p and get into some Mono Lord, shooting guns, spell jammer cut off of the new brown acid five that's coming out on halloween and uh just stay tuned. And then this month has been super crazy. And so we're going to rerun the first set that was ever recorded for the podcast. Um, just to get back on track on what we started out doing. And we haven't we haven't really ventured too far writing easy music and cool records. We like we got Mark from Orchid. Doing an exclusive rock star interview with Trevor Church of Beastmaker. And uh, Trevor will be playing some tunes uh, as well. Thanks for tuning in. WritingEasyRecords.com has all the information on all these songs and all kinds of other fun stuff.
1: the time is here.
2: I may live badly, but at least I don't have to work to do it. What would it take for you to get a job? Hey, I'll get a job when I hear the true call.
1: true call. You know,
2: the true call. I know when I hear it.
3: Anything else
2: you want to Yeah, it's something else. To all you workers out there, every single commodity you produce is a piece of your own debt like at the end of the
4: Trevor William Church from Beastmaker, the July edition of the Writing Easy podcast. Today I've got Mark Baker from Orchid here with me. Say what's up, Mark.
3: What's up, everybody? How's we, how we doing today?
4: We're good, man. I'm I'm smoking this joint and I'm really excited to be talking to you uh, about, you know, your guitar playing and, and your, your awesome band Orchid, you know. <laughs> well, welcome so. back
3: from Hawaii, my friend. I was, uh, <laughs> checking out your pictures on the ig it looked like a nice little vacation i was a little bit jealous
4: yeah i did some snorkeling and and you know some stuff that i usually don't do so it was kind of like it was really outside of the box i'm sure you know as like a musician we like travel and we see the world and we're just like whatever you know what i mean you're like i've been there <laughs> seen that but like we don't snorkel on the road you know what i'm no, saying that shit no. just don't happen
3: Don't usually tour in those tropical areas, do we?
4: That would be really rad if we did. I mean, because it's really nice, and you know, there's not very many places to drive. I suppose the whole island is like six hours, and you've driven all the way around it.
3: (laughs) You know, I've never been to Hawaii. I've been to like uh, the Yucatan and to to Mexico, where it's like on the uh, Caribbean, like that. But never to Hawaii. I'd like to go
4: yeah i mean i I think like after i've i've been there now i think i'm i'm good for a while i think it's I, i i like the tropical stuff so maybe i'd go somewhere that's a little bit more um affordable i i guess i have to say that's you know you know where the where the american dollar is like double you know what i mean instead of hawaii it's like it's like for us going to england you know what i mean everything is kind of like double you're like you give them a hundred U. S. and you get sixty back. You're like, fuck! You just get forty dollars yeah, right I've out the gate, and then you go to, there. and then you go to buy like a water, and you're like, damn! I just like, a, you know, it, it's brutal. But anyway, yeah. man, so I wanted to ask you some um, questions for our, our listeners out there that are guitar players, cause I'm super uh, into guitar, as you probably know. That was dumb for me to say, but yeah, I love I like guitar, believe it or not. <laughs> We've um, talked about guitar a few times. All the time. So I was curious of what your, your current live rig is, amp, guitar, and pedals, because I know you have some, some really nice gear that you play. Um,
3: yeah, well, you know, it depends. When we're playing local, we have a – it's like a – I want to say it's a 73 Laney Supergroup head that I usually play through. And – um. We don't know who did the mod on it, but it's been modded with uh, a pretty slick little setup with a couple different channels, so
4: cool. really, really gets does, a
3: really great growly, laney tone.
4: Does that, amp so, have, does that amp have a gain channel, or is it just clean, and you have to use it a It actually
3: has two different gain channels. It's um, The mods are real old. They're like 80s mods. They were done way back then, and it's got... Uh, some kind of channel modded where the uh, dial is on the back of the amp. So it's uh, it, it took me a little while to get the hang of dialing it in because it's got three different little volumes or master volumes you can fuck around with. But once I figured out which one did what, I kind of got it dialed in real nice. So it's nice when we play within driving distance or something that I get to play through that. So when we, uh, like on tour and stuff, it's always easiest just to rent an orange or something like that because they're really prevalent all over europe but um
4: i've been fortunate shows you get to play the delaney i've been fortunate enough to see you play with the Laney and um it sounds really good every single time and i i personally get pretty jealous when i hear it i'm like damn <laughs> it just sounds so good dude it really does it has it has a unique character, there's no doubt. And I, I've i never been able to achieve that kind of sound. So when I hear you play, I go, fucking, how does he get that sound? Sometimes you don't realize, like, you know, it's like, it's all in the player with the technique and the way we play that gives us that sound. But the amps, like, really kind of, they color what we do. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's like, there's been times when,
3: uh, you know, I also have, um, an orange uh, at rehearsal uh, ad 140 which is a you know a nice amp and sometimes i'll get into a thing where i'm playing through that for a while and because maybe uh something was wrong with the Laney or it just didn't sound good one night so i'll switch over and then when i switch back to the Laney, i'll just think why the fuck did i ever switch away from this holy shit it's untouchable (laughs) so it's like you know, hey, an orange is a great amp, but it's really. No
4: comparison I I think to the real deal. I think you the, with the Laney, with it being kind of unique and have being mod, modified and stuff and having you know it's that, that makes it almost one of a kind. It makes yeah. it just a little bit more special than just a an orange. You know what I mean? Of course, like I'm sure there's mods on excuse me on some of these orange amps that are killer, but you know each one is going to be different. So. Tell me about your your Gibson because I know it's vintage. I don't know the year off the bat, but I'm just a little bit curious about it. It's
3: it's not the one I play live is actually I want to say it's a a two thousand five sixty one reissue. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the live guitar. We do have a um, fuck. I think it's a sixty five SG that I've done a lot of stuff. Particularly, the Capricorn album was all done with the vintage SG, which is a completely different thing that, you know, doesn't ever get taken out to get played live.
4: Was it a S- is it a SG standard, or does it have like P90s or?
3: No, nah, it's it's uh, PAFs in both the ones I have, and I okay. think the the 2005 probably has the more modern high output ones. To be honest, but the uh, the older one that I used on the Capricorn album. Has like a really really um, thin spaced neck, like at the nut, it's really I don't know how much different, maybe a fucking quarter inch thinner than the other SG, but it's completely a different thing to play. You have to get get used to it, really.
4: <laughs> nice man. So what what are the current what's the current pedal board looking like? I, I was taking a look at it when when I saw it when we we're hanging at Desert Fest, and I was like, what is Mark using? Cause when you get to your solos you're hitting I, I don't know if it's a reverb or delay pedal I can't remember now and I've been smoking this joint like and talking so I'm getting really stoned now but, my uh, pedal
3: board's actually really really simple Yeah. yeah and, and to be honest I'm, I'm really basic I could live with purely just a wah-wah pedal you know or I, I could really live with nothing at all but I don't mind having a wah-wah pedal but on, on uh, my my board right now, since uh, there's no reverb on the Laney, I do like to have a little verb at rehearsal. So I have like, uh, shit, I think it's a Boss 65 Fender reverb yeah. pedal.
4: Yeah, I was just looking like, at that. that that's, and it sounds really good.
3: So I, I run that just for a, a standard reverb to give it a little space. And then, uh, you know, I, I have an MXR Phase 90 which I use on a couple things. My my main delay is a MXR Carbon Copy delay, which is, you know, a brand new modern delay oh, pedal. Yeah, but yeah. It's a really really nice. It's got a nice tape delay setting on it that really sounds pretty sweet and authentic. So,
4: I think I the like reverb, that. do you use the reverb on the majority of the solos or do you use the delay?
3: The reverb is on all the time
4: the reverb is I on mean, all the time honestly See? okay reverb sound all the time nice. i can't remember if i had it on when we played
3: live last time you saw us because we were
1: outdoors
4: i i, I think I, you had it on had man because i was hearing i was hearing something in the solos and I, every time you'd come in and I, I was just like man it almost sounds like it has this like surf thing going on I yeah well on that's myself. definitely
3: the carbon copy
4: so that's so, the carbon copy
3: mxr carbon copy i used to play uh one of those big pink maxon analog delay pedals but it broke a couple times so after the second time i kind of uh i have a deal with mxr and they sent me one of the carbon copies and it's i guess more reliable you would say and it's a nice little diverse delay the reason uh you're saying it sounds surf is because i really have i always have a real short delay set up and that repeats like three or four times, almost nice a nice little slap back feel. Yeah. And that's you know, that's really that old retro sound it sounds, before the eighties got so into great. long delays.
4: It sounds so great, Mark. Like I'm I'm like fanboying out right now a little bit because <laughs> you know, I've been listening to Orchid you know, we've talked about, you know, how much Orchid means to me, you know, especially for you guys you know, you guys are also from California, so I feel like super kindred to you guys and especially after getting to know you guys over the last year it's been like my my love for orchid is just you know it's bigger now than it ever was and to kind of like hear what you know you do you know you're telling us about like you know how the delay like when you go to listen to orchid and you hear all those you hear it and you like you're like what is that that he's actually using because like it's some i thought it was reverb like right now i was like oh you have the reverb the reverb's the solo thing but no you're hitting the delay and yeah that's that's interesting man i didn't know i had no clue i knew it was something of that nature i just couldn't really pinpoint uh but like you said you're using not a lot of the tape echo right you're kind of just it's just there or what
3: yeah yeah it's kind of just uh you know a slap back a few quick repeats that fade And that's about it. I mean, besides that, I have the, uh, I just have a standard crybaby wah on my board.
4: Mm -hmm. You don't use uh, too much wah though, do you? I mean, like I've never heard, you you don't Kirk Hammett it, that's for sure.
3: No, I mean, in my past I kind of used it as a crutch and probably used it a lot more, but I don't know. Some solos have it, sometimes they don't, you know. If I'm, jamming at practice it just depends if i want a little bit of extra extra gain or extra tone i'll probably kick it on or if i think i'm bored with what i'm doing change it up but mostly i just try to do what i've done on the album if the solo on the album like you know mouse of madness is all wad out but capricorn's not or you know he who walks alone isn't wad out so sometimes you know, like on something like "He Who Walks Alone" live, yeah, I try to find that halfway spot, like that Michael Schenker tone, where the wall's open but kind of mid-rangey, and yeah. I'll just leave it leave there it instead on, of huh? on it. Just leave it on that tone and play the solo with that kind of
4: midy tone. So you're basically, it's like a cocked wall. You're just dropping it down, and it's boom. You're on, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's that's a, that's always a really that's a great technique and i i do the same thing but sometimes you know when i do it your solos are much longer than mine um (laughs) laugh because you know because like mine are like these like quick little like kirk hammett things where i just come in for four measures and it's over with whereas like you have some pretty prolific solos in orchid where you know you're, you're kind of like the uh I, I don't know how to say this without making it sound weird, but you like like to me. You're kind of like you become the the center of the the show for a little bit. You know what I mean? Because you 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 have this like minute performance that you're you're showing people, and it's amazing. Like it it really I, I really Absolutely. enjoy. Absolutely,
3: we have uh, a couple songs that have some some very longer structured jams in it, and those are always fun. And you know they do. That kind of stuff, like Eyes Behind the Wall, and mm-hmm. uh, there's kind of one in Saviors the Blind where it's a longer jam, and of course, He Who Walks Alone. You know, th- that shit really takes a while to develop, yeah. playing the song for, for months before it's like, okay, well, fuck, I have this melody that I do here, and then I go into this part, and then it goes into this, and, you know, I'm kind of blessed to have guys that can really shift the feel under me and go into like some crazy Latin grooves. And, you know, if you've seen us live, you know, Theo's there shaking maracas and tambourine and shit like that. So yeah, kind of makes it fun to jam over shit like that. You know, when you got nickel laying down a Santana line and stuff like that, it really leads you into some different areas.
4: Yeah. I've, I mean, I, I definitely like follow your guitar playing. So like when, when I see you play, I watch, and so I see, like, kind of your technique and where you're at, and I, I, I see how you, you've developed, like, this whole uh, way around the fretboard, which is really, I think, like, you know, it's kind of your own thing, I feel like. It's like a signature Mark Baker kind of um, <laughs> lick to be, for me, anyway. But So let's get back to, I got some more questions for you that um, I, I even want to know. Um, so what gauge strings do you use and what brand, homie?
3: Um you know, I think for the last few years I've been ten to forty twos. Yeah. Which I that what's just is that regular or I don't know. So uh what am I doing? I got um I've got a couple different deals, endorsements. I got a bunch of Jim Dunlop strings when mm-hmm. I hooked up with them, and I like those, and I also have uh, a bunch of blue steels that I got from D'Addario that are good, so I can go with either one of those.
4: What, you know, what gauge? Sure that... what, 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 do you have Like a modified gauge, or do you use like 10s, 11s? No,
3: I think it's just 10 to ten. To your standard.
4: Yeah. 10. 10, I
3: don't know if it's 10 to 42 or 10 to 46, whatever the standard is. It's just the regular gauge, and... What
4: what I, So when you tune,
3: I, I went to the 11s. Yeah,
4: you know, I was I gonna wonder because like you tune kind of low. For me. Do you, you Sometimes and, no, you guys tune to like all, uh, C stand, C sharp or whatever. tuning, everything a whole
3: step down. So it's a uh, you know D
4: standard. Okay.
3: And then we have a fair amount of songs where we
4: drop that D down to a C as well. Yeah, so that's okay. our drop goes that's down, your drop. down to a C. So it's kind of flopping on there a little bit on the C, I'm sure. It's kind of Yeah, a little bit. You like, could get uh, some serious uh, vibrato. I'm sure you could bend it all the way up to the other high E, you know. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So when Mark, when did you first start playing guitar, man? Um I
3: got my first electric guitar when I was 14. So a long fucking time ago, man. Yeah,
4: I know. Oh. What Do you remember your first guitar? What was it?
3: Absolutely, man. It was a Memphis Les Paul copy.
4: Dude, I had a Memphis Was my first guitar. Dude, <laughs> I got
3: the Memphis Les Paul copy, and I got this little, it was either an 8 or a 10 watt Gorilla practice amp.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And yeah, you had to crank it up. It sounded like a ripped speaker, man
4: so i was only like uh, i was like, while, se- I was like six years like... old when i got mine so it was kind of it was like in the 80s and it was red and it was it's like a red stratocaster with a one humbucker and <laughs> i don't even i don't even know like how i even got by on that thing to be honest with you i can't even really recall i think my first like guitar i started to really shred on was an ibanez so i don't know it's yeah different, different times so i suppose. had
3: the memphis les paul and then uh, maybe a year, it wasn't too long later, I uh, put together this custom guitar back then. You know, like you could have a guitar player, or guitar world. There's mail order companies where you could order parts and shit. So I had, uh, it was a Mighty Might body and neck. Got like a strap body and neck. And I think I put Demarzios in it. And I uh, had one of the first Floyd Rose tremolo's. Like uh, It was one of the, not a prototype, but like the Mark Ones before they really had good solid locking nuts on it and all that. So I built my Mighty Might Strat. And then about a year later, you know, this is funny because just recently I had a dream about my first real good guitar. It was like a 83 or 84 Kramer Pacer Deluxe. It was when uh, Eddie Van Halen first started endorsing Kramer's, and he was mm-hmm. playing a Beretta, yeah, and I yeah. talked my dad into buying me this Pacer Deluxe, man, <clears throat> and it was just a beautiful guitar, beautiful guitar. Yeah, those I never are good really good it.
4: Those are really good guitars. Kramer made and fantastic I th- I guitars.
3: Think I ended up you know, selling it in the late eighties for probably something stupid like three (laughs) hundred bucks. So I had a dream about it the other night and the next morning I woke up and I was all oh those fucking things are probably cheap on eBay these days. I'm gonna check it out. Fuck no, you're looking at two grand for those things these days, dude. dude. Yeah. You want a mid eighties US made Kramer. Mm -hmm. And it was beautiful, like this transparent teal finish with like this scalloped dark wood neck and rosewood fretboard black hardware beautiful nice floyd rose i wish i still had it
4: (laughs) it sounds like you play like that's something like you would play in 80s aussie you know what i mean absolutely like and it it is i i could just dig that like a lot personally so um mark um what are some of your influences man
3: so i think you know, my first big guitar crush was definitely Randy Rhoads. That was when I first started playing. I won't, it was like, uh, you know, 1981 when uh, Blizzard of Oz just came out and uh, Crazy Train was on the radio all the time. I thought, you know, that intro and that guitar
4: riff just did you, totally did you wanna wear me. Sp- did you wanna wear spandex with a huge scoop neck that you could see your chest hairs? Was that kinda of part know, of the I never really thought about my chest and, hair? And the Farafaucet I... the Farah uh you know, coiffed uh, long hair that Randy wore. It's pretty, pretty. Absolutely. It's pretty, Dude, it was almost think, glam metal. It was like dude, glam hard.
3: When I was 16, man, I would take pictures of him into the hair salon and say, can you make my hair like that? And they, you know, the chick would try, and she'd say, "Well, you have to spray it up." And I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want to fucking spray it up. Just do your best, you know.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's tight. You're like, yo, here's Randy Rhodes. Make me look like that. That's so me look cool. Like that. Absolutely, I love that. So, um, if there was one guitar you could currently own that you do not, what would it be?
3: Um, I would absolutely love to own that kramer <laughs> i would love that absolutely but i've uh you know for a good portion of my adult life i played a 70s fender strat
4: mm-hmm. and
3: i kind of regret not having one i would absolutely love to own like a some sort of late 60s pre-cbs fender strat yeah Their, uh, strats are really a, a unique sound and a unique instrument and you know they're not, of course, the heavy sound or the doom sound, anything like that. But really, really interesting guitars to play, and it's easy to create a really unique voice on them. I'd I'd love to own one.
4: You know, I've never owned one, so I don't really know. I, you're making me kind of curious. Of
3: well, you know, us we're Gibson guys these days, aren't we?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, you got to have that humbucker, and you got to have that yeah. neck pickup, and they just have a. Uh, thicker sound i don't know i've tried fenders you know and i've been like man real twangy and real piercing i feel like if i was going to go into a shred or something it's i don't know but then yingde does it but you have to have like you have to have a humbucker in the bridge you just have to but i i feel like it has to have a humbucker in it it has to be the humbucker with the two single with middle single coil and the next single coil i could live with that but um, those are
3: sweet those are sweet you can get that fucking alice and chains tone going with something like that yeah
4: you can maybe that's a little bit more my thing i have no clue but um so um what was your favorite orchid album to record ah uh, today you know, anyway
3: that's always a weird question because i want to say like all the way up through mouths of madness you know we did through the devil's doorway and capricorn and Mounts of madness And like during those three or four years, it was almost like it was just one long session. All that stuff was just recorded in sequence. Yeah. So it's almost like hard to separate that stuff. And really all the stuff that's on Heretic EP was also recorded all at the same time. So, you know, I really have kind of the same memories. I guess my memories of some of the stuff, some of the sessions for Capricorn. Are really really special feelings in my mind, and you know I can remember specific nights of, you know, going in and, and tracking certain solos and coming out of there at two in the morning with this feeling of like, oh fuck, I can't believe how that came out sounding. wow, you
4: that's, know. That's that's awesome. I love that, man.
3: That's a, you know like I specifically remember tracking He Who Walks Alone and going in and like cutting all those leads because we had no idea. Like what the solo was going to say or what it was going to be or the progression of the licks through it and it was kind of just this weird trial and error thing and we'd get some sections done that sounded good together and then it's like alright well where do you think it should go next and then we'd try a few things and it was like yeah 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 and then it would be like, well, now do these low notes behind that? You know, there's just a mm-hmm. s- lot of layered shit in there.
4: <laughs> it's really a great song though, and it was one of my first introductions to you guys. To be honest with you, I think I, I think I went on YouTube and it was like 2006 ish, some point there, and um, my friend Matt Wilhoyt had told me about you guys, and I just typed in Orchid, San Francisco or something like that. He told me to put in and. That song came up with some live shit. I don't know if it's still up there or not, but after that I got your guys' album and I was fucking really impressed and still still listen to it to this day. You guys get lots of um, airtime uh, on my iPod, you know? Yeah, you're always flattering, man. You're I mean, so kn- well, you always know I always send I send you pictures, I'm like, see dude, I'm listening to this shit right now. I can't <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing that like I could listen to Mouth of Madness and be like, Alright, it still sounds good But so what's up, are you guys gonna be doing a, a new album anytime soon? Can any listeners out there in in podcast land can is there anything you could tell us?
3: Man, I know it's been forever and you know, people have been asking about it for a couple years now but absolutely there there will be another orchid album i would have uh expected that it would have been done already last year or this year or something but it ain't there yet but you know i got to say that the the most important thing is that the band's still moving in a positive direction because honestly over the last few years there have been a lot of setbacks in the band and just to be able to say that we're still solidly doing it And Digging the music we're making it right now. It's uh, I'm happy to be able to say that because uh, You know, maybe if you would have caught me six months ago, I would have said man I don't even know, you know, I don't know if we're gonna be doing this a month from now There's there's really been some ups and downs, you know, yeah, but right now we're we're actually, you know, very positively moving forward we're starting to demo some stuff and I know everybody feels really really great about the way things are sounding So it's it's been a good feeling, you know, I would I would say that um, it's been a long time since everybody felt as positive about it as we do right now. So,
4: you know, whether it's. That's uh, good to hear, man, because you guys are my homies. And, you know, Nichols helped Beastmaker out. He, he, you know, made our banner. And Theo has just become this giver of advice to me. He's, you know, he'll kind of, you know, give me some good and helpful uh, pointers on, you know,. What we should be doing of course like talking with you all this time it just seems you know in in in, even with carter you know you know i I became friends with carter first and foremost before i even met you you know what i mean like i met him at one of our shows and um he's still kind of you know whatever it's it's kind of crappy that he's not a part of what you guys were because it was i feel uh he was definitely somebody i like to watch play i thought he was good but um anyway um, on to, on to something <laughs> <No comment>. else <laughs> on to the next topic um, who are some of your uh, uh, favorite newer artists man like what what's been what have you been digging these days of, out of the new scene um,
3: shit you didn't say you were gonna ask me about new artists you were just gonna ask me what I've been listening to
4: well yeah what have you been uh... listening to that's cool what what have you been listening to that's that's fine I didn't you know whatever whatever you've been doing. That's what we uh, want
3: to know. I'm sure there is new stuff. Uh, you know, I listen to you guys. Yeah. So that's there. Beastmaker's the shit.
4: Thank you, my friend.
3: <laughs> um, lately, you know, since uh, since I started running again a few months ago, I, I think I told you this, like uh, when we were just bullshitting. But fuck, I like to listen to really heavy shit while I'm running. Really aggressive music. And it kind of got me back into some of the, I wanted, you know, death metal and black metal that I was into 10 or 12 years ago or so.
4: Have you ever ran to Repulsion?
3: No. Yeah. I haven't run to Repulsion. There's yeah. a certain... Uh... Have you
4: heard of them, though? You know, have you ever heard of Repulsion? They're like one of the first grind bands. And yeah. uh, the I'm not members sure of grind it, is my some... thing.
3: I like the early swedish death metal man entombed and dismember
4: yeah dude but
3: i'm kind of uh you know their hardcore fans would probably call me a pussy because the albums i like entombed's uprising album that Mm -hmm. album's the fucking shit man say it in slugs and seeing red those songs kick ass and then dismember are fucking riff kings I really love the uh, massive killing capacity album mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of like uh, I don't know if those are their pussy albums or whatever but um, um, dude
4: if you, you I, know. I, that's ridiculous I mean good music is good music so if people you always have your fucking critics out there that want to like talk some shit but it's like realistically it's like whatever you feel is great is great like I I I hate when metalheads like have to be like, "Oh, that's the shit that they call shit. death and roll,
3: man." I really you... like some death and roll.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, man. So, do you feel? Do you feel Orchid has pioneered a new wave of doom?
3: Oh uh, fuck, I don't. I don't see that, but you know, I don't know. That's not for. I'm just me
4: to curious. Pass I'm just curious on. because I don't know. if it wasn't, you know. If, if it wasn't I for you guys, Mark. Bands we've influenced, so if it wasn't I for you guys, I don't know if I would be doing this, to be honest with you, because like at the time when I first was like heard you guys, I wanted to do a Black Sabbath type band, but no it seemed like and at the time nobody was interested. They all wanted to do uh some more indie rock type stuff. And yeah. um it was really frustrating for me because I'm like I want to like rock out. I don't want to just like play this like shoe look at my feet stuff. I want to bang <laughs> my head, and um and at the time, you know, like thrash metal, there wasn't you know it was kind of dead. To be honest with you, you couldn't fucking. I mean he. There's just no way. So anyway, when you guys came about, I was you know, like, wow, this exists. People are into it. I didn't know at the time. I didn't know how big it was or whatever. Um, man,
3: I will tell you that when we started out, it was absolutely not hip, and we expected to get laughed at, man, coming out there wearing bell bottoms and looking in sound in 70s. It was – we assumed – extremely uncool.
4: <laughs> and it ended up being it ended up being I I think like to be completely honest like orchid and witchcraft namely really kind of resurrected this new um era of music that we're seeing grow really rapidly and there's like more guitar players now and more people doing rock and roll again. And yeah. I just feel like, you know, it's it all starts in the underground and Orchid was one of those bands. I mean, I, I, dude, I waited, like I told you this before, I waited like three years for you guys to play. I like followed it like so much and I finally got to see you guys live. You guys like never play California and I was like, why the fuck don't these guys play? They're in San Francisco, <laughs> they're like the best band right now and I can't even fucking see them. And then, you know, I drove all the way to San Francisco from Fresno and saw you guys, me and my homie Matt went, and and my uh, fiancé um, came with us. And it was one of the best shows I had seen for a long time, to be honest with you. It kind of rejuvenated, like, what I was wanting to do. So I feel like you guys influenced a new wave, in my opinion. I, I just wanted to, like, let that be known that that's kind of my um, – you know, perception it's of your band how strong you guys are I,
3: you know me i'm I'm not arrogant at all i downplay the whole deal but you know you've told me that i've had the dudes i don't know if you know that band king nomad the swedish guys that are yeah. on ripple yeah they've told me that cadaver have told me that that mm-hmm. you know you know lupus he worked in a tattoo shop and he heard a demo of eastern woman before we had any product out through the tattoo network you know cuz Theo's a tattooist and yeah. he gave a demo to some dude in Germany and he was all holy shit that's exactly the kind of band i want to make and that's when he like started putting cadaver together and you know i know you know the gal from psychedelic witchcraft you know she's told us if i didn't hear orchid i wouldn't be doing this and you know that's a- Nice little handful of bands that have told me that, and it's it's incredibly flattering. It makes me feel good. Yeah, dude. Because I I think with orchid, yeah. it's not necessarily the music, but you know, we wanted to make a whole artistic statement with our vinyl and just the packaging, the artwork, something special. You know, every release needed to be a special kind of little thing that people would want.
4: Yeah, yeah, I, I fucking love you guys. I don't know. I have. I mean, I have. I have all your guys' stuff, man. So I mean. I feel it 100%, and I felt it the moment I heard of you guys, and finally got to see you guys live, and then get to meet you guys in person, and then, you know what I mean, like, it's been, it's kind of crazy, like, you, like if you would have asked me, you know, back when I first heard you guys, that we'd be talking on the phone, like, I'd be interviewing you for some, you know, a, a podcast, I would have been like, what the fuck are you talking about? That shit ain't ever going to happen. Like this is, you, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, we're
3: just regular guys, man. Yeah.
4: Well, I know that. I mean, but like, the thing is, is just like, you just never know. It's a, it's a, you got to get connected somehow. And we, we luckily connected and started talking immediately and became friends. i you come to so many of our shows in the Bay area and I'm like, God, this poor Mark has to watch Beastmaker all you've seen Beastmaker <laughs> more than I've seen Orchid. You know what I mean? Like like I've only got to see you guys play like three times ever, and I think you've seen us like five or six times now. It's fucking hilarious. I but... think
3: so. You know I'll come see you again, dude.
4: I know. I um so dude, um if there was a the one band you could tour with, who would it be? Oh man.
3: Good question,
4: huh? I mean, anything, <laughs> any genre, just tour. You don't. It doesn't even have to be Orchid. It could just be a fictitious band. Like, what would be your, you, you just like, wow, I'd love to tour with this band. Uh, fuck.
3: Who knows, man? If all, uh, I'd love to get us on the Led Zeppelin reunion tour. When's that happening? Yeah. Help me out with that.
4: I'm I'm on it. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna call Robert Plant and be like, "Hey, look, dude, you guys want to, uh, you know, you guys might blow them off the stage. I don't know how they do without John Bonham." You
3: know, it's like you 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 think you'd want to say, "Oh, well, fuck," I'd want a tour with Metallica. You know, 60,000 people would see us every night. But does anyone really go to see the opening band? You know, it's like. Yeah. Went and saw Guns N' Roses last year when they played at, at AT&T Park. And, you know, we didn't even fucking get there in time to see the opening band. I don't even know who it was. So who knows, man? I don't know. <laughs> I guess I would like to tour with a big band that's not super big and, like, play good theaters. like. 1500 to 2 or 3000
4: people that'd be super you know special, you know who so. might fi- you know who would be up there for me right now dude is a uh, judas priest oh man
3: that would be pretty sweet
4: i mean i i've been just like listening to defenders of the faith like on repeat dude i can't get enough of it and like i just don't know why like that stuff just i just get drawn to it and i'd love to be uh to watch glenn tipton do his thing because he's definitely one of my biggest influences, man. But anyway, you know, when um, we uh,
3: when we played Grass Pop with them two years ago, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I fuck, dude, I fanboyed so hard because, uh, <laughs> I mean, I blew off watching Alice Cooper's set, which. Yeah. Everyone told me was amazing
1: because I wanted to
3: wait by Judas Priest tour bus because I just wanted to meet Rob Halford and I wanted to get my fucking picture with Rob Halford. That was like my goal for Grass Pop was getting a picture with Rob Halford.
4: And you, know? you got one with Ian Hill too, didn't you? Yeah, dude, I got the whole fucking band. Man. I seen. I remember because I, t- I said you. I saw him on your Instagram. I was like, you motherfucker. When did you meet Judas Priest? If you're like uh, oh I mean, dude, I waited by their tour bus like a fanboy and I was like oh, Seriously dude. for an
3: hour, dude.
4: That's Stood awesome. out there out
3: back by the buses for an hour. I wasn't gonna miss it, dude. Yeah. And uh, you know, fucking late forties fanboy, but what are you gonna do? Those guys are my fucking idols, you know.
4: So I got I got one more question for you, man, and we'll we'll wrap it up here. Um, do you have any advice for beginning guitarists?
1: Um
3: Start with the basics and work your way up. Don't be uh, don't be expecting to shred in a couple months. You know, really learn the building blocks of chords and how chords work together. Learn the blues scale. The blues scales is it's so simple and there's like some really basic licks that it doesn't take very long to learn that sound great because they're so classic. You know, like oh, yeah. that in the box kind of playing.
4: For sure. So I would
3: say start there, you know, and like, it's kind of not really how much, you know, it's like what you do with the things you do know, like, I would consider myself a very limited guitarist. I have the same patterns, the same licks that I play all the time. Mm -hmm. But you just got to do what you do. Well, you know, yeah. So find some things you do well, and just really, really master them and then grow from there.
4: Great, man. Well, I appreciate you talking to me, man. And you know, if if the listeners out there, if you haven't heard Orchid, I'll I'll be playing some on this podcast. So anyway, thank you, Mark. And um, we'll catch you next time, brother.
3: You got my number, homie. We talk all the time.
4: All right, man. I'll talk to you later, man. Have a man. good
3: one.
1: Later, Cheers. Trevor.